You tuned in to the Policy Talks podcast by Bharti Institute of Public Policy from the Indian School of Business. We hope to understand the personalities behind policies and demystify the complex policy making labyrinth. Every Tuesday, we speak to seasoned stalwarts and promising young legislative fellows who have made indelible marks in shaping the Indian policy landscape. Hello everyone and welcome. I'm Dr. Arushi Jain, the Policy Director for the Bharti Institute of Public Policy at ISP. And I have with me an eminent guest today, Mr. Ibn Swear from the Meghalaya Institute of Governance. Thank you. Warm welcome, Mr. Swear. It's a pleasure to have you here. And as uh, you know, the audience would be really interested in understanding and listening to our conversation, especially about the Northeast and the developmental issues around the Northeast. I would first like to introduce uh, you, know, you to our audience. You have been in the service for 33 years. Uh, you have been involved with uh, you know, policy implementation, policy formulation in various departments in the state government. And you are the first director of the Meghalaya Institute of Governance. My first question to you is regarding this beautiful state that we call as the abode of clouds, Meghalaya. And, uh, you know, please uh, just reflect upon the development and the governance in the state and how, uh, you know, the policy, the public policy has evolved since the, you know, the state uh, got uh, its own identity, I would say, after the bifurcation uh, from the state of Assam. So how has development happened in this agrarian state and how do you look forward to the other things around? Thank you, Dr. Arushi. See, Meghalaya was uh, carved out of Aswal Assam in 1972. And uh, it comprises about 22,000 square kilometers of uh, geographical area. And physically, uh, Meghalaya is divided into two major basins. The southern basin, which flows into the Brahmaputra, and the, I mean the North Basin that flows Bhavata and the Southern Basin that flows into the Meghra in Bangladesh. The state of Meghalaya comprises of three major tribes, the Khasi, Jaintia and uh, the Garos, which each of these tribes have their own autonomous district councils. Meghalaya is a state where the land is owned by the people. 95% of the land is owned by the people and government controls only about, directly owns about 4%, a little bit of the land. So for every bit of development, the people has to be put as part of the decision-making process, and otherwise it will not move on. So, when we first got our statehood, there was very less development at that point of time. But over the last 50 years, which we're celebrating now, uh, 50 years of statehood, the, the amount of development that has happened in the state has been quite uh, remarkable. And uh, we have had uh, a lot of uh, roads, a lot of uh, institutes, a lot of hospitals in terms of good education, into good health care, in terms of uh, communication, in terms of a lot of things. We have done quite, quite a bit. And we have also taken a lot of advantage from the Government of India programs mm -hmm. under the various flagship programs that have been given to us. But then over the years, uh, as my experience in working over 33 years, I've implemented various kinds of schemes from uh, various uh, flagship programs government of India. And I realized that if 100 schemes have been received by us, say about 
80 schemes have been completed, 20 not completed for various reasons. And out of the 80 schemes that have been uh, completed, maybe about 50 to 60 have been successful. Now there's a gap between successful schemes, completed schemes, and the number of schemes that we received. So the thing is, some of the schemes were, as I may put it, like you know, square pegs and round holes. They have been found to be successful in other parts of the country and they have been airlifted and dropped into our state. Right. So as long as the scheme is going on, you find that everything is going very well. But as soon as the scheme stops, it tends to go back to the original condition like a pendulum. right? So it was at this time when we thought, why not we start our own program? So that's when we first started around 2010-11. We started our own program. It was called the Integrated Basin Development Program. We started our own flagship program. Why we said, if we are to progress, we have to design our own programs. And to do that, we created four pillars. First was natural resource management because our state is endowed with rich natural resources. Natural resources. In a year, we get about 63 billion cubic meters of rainfall of water. But then out of that, we probably use 5% or less and the rest just flows away off into the into the plains of Bangladesh and Assam. Then another thing is enterprise development. We realize that unless and until our people change from the concept of being workers to the, to the, to the new notion of being entrepreneurs, we will not progress. For, for, for far too long, we have just become a state of consumers when we previously were a state of producers. It was said that, you know, prior to independence, Meghalaya and the Khasi Jainti Hills had a very high per capita income. But after partition, when the, when the southern border was closed, we had to depend for all our exports through the chicken's neck in Upper Bengal, which made it very difficult for us to export or produce. So that was the next step. How do we create people into entrepreneurs? Then the third was knowledge services. One of the most important we realized that even though we had a large number of government departments implementing various schemes, yet they were all implementing in silos. There was no convergence. There was no working together. So we brought in this provision uh, where a lot of them have data, have information, but they're not sharing that. We are not able to have access to that. So we thought, why not have another thing that's called knowledge management? And last and most important is governance. Meghalaya is a state that has a multiple layers of governance, right from the village, from the clan, to the chieftains, to the nokmas, to the district councils, the district administrations, then the state government and so on. So all of them function at their own powers at various levels. So if we were to do this, we didn't have anybody to do that. So the government came up with this Meghalaya Institute of Governance, whose mandate was to be the bridge between all these institutions and bring them together so that things will make them work out. So when we first started this, it was we had a lot of people who were against, of course, obviously anything new, people are against. But over the years, we've been able, if I may say so, one a very a positive thing that we have done after we had created a programs which we took care of talking about ethics and governance. And especially at a certain levels in the government machinery, which are at the cutting edge of delivery. So these are the most important speed of them. Then we look at field level leadership. How do we develop leaders at that the level, grassroots. at the grassroots levels? Because eventually the leaders at the grassroots level will eventually one day become the leaders and the legislators at top. So how do we build them at that point? The another program is now how do we look at the land? As I mentioned earlier, we have a land, but 
we do not have a system by which the cadastral survey has been done, mapping of land has been done. So a lot of community land is left unregistered, mm. undocumented. So what we need to do was we just need to all bring together. But and, and the la another last thing we did was, one thing was very importantly that to take up any new programs, building of new roads, building of new offices, getting outposts and all this, you need land. But people were not willing to part with the land because of certain events. So when MIG was notified as the agency to conduct all the social impact assessment for all land acquisitions in the state, okay. it changed. It changed the scenario. Why? Because suddenly people were dealing with young, idealist, uh, innocent young people from the institutions. Okay, so they had a lot of faith and a lot of trust. So over the last two and a half years, which we did that work, we were able to complete more than 54 projects by which we were able to get land easily and works are in progress. Now, looking at all this picture, we have found that there are three pillars that we need to really work. One, how do we ensure that our people do not get alienated from their own land, which is very important, for which we, have, we think that the program is a land bank document all the documentary lands that we have, publicize them so that nobody can play foul with that. Second thing is, we are a matrilineal system where we take a title and a name from the mother. Yes. Now, so protection, care, welfare of the women has to be taken care of. And for that, we start looking at how do we take care of them and create that sense of responsibility in the, in the young girls right from the adolescent age. We have started another program with that. So looking at that, so the third and most important pillar is the governance pillars. And here comes the, the people who make the policy, that is our legislators. Now how do we do these legislators? Now as we celebrate 50 years of statehood, we see that the, 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 the type of people who become legislators is changing. It's changing tremendously. Now we have a diverse set of people who have suddenly been elevated to the level of a legislator. Yeah, and many young, many, and many young, young people, legislators. Young, yeah. young, young and uh, passionate people who Very are coming there. But yes. passion alone is not going to solve your problems. True. You need wisdom. Right. And for that, we need, we need them to be brought to a certain level of understanding. Mm -hmm. We need to provide them with the support that they need. We need to I provide them with the data. That was the basis yes. of the Meghalaya Legislative yeah. Research So when Fellowship, we came then, yeah. we thought, yes, why not have the Meghalaya Legislative Research Fellowship by which we put and attach certain fellows with a legislator to help them in preparing the kind of research work to do, to preparing and know about the schemes, know about various issues and help them in preparing their questions or their answers when they go to assembly. By doing so in the last session, we have seen that the quality and the, the length of discussion has increased. Quality has improved. And we think that this is a good step forward for us right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've been fortunate enough to be associated with the Meghalaya Legislative Research Fellowship yeah. uh, since the inception, uh, right from the recruitment till the mentoring part and all of that. And uh, we've, we've ourselves seen a lot of difference when we got the legislators to uh, one of our campuses uh, for the training. Uh, there was huge enthusiasm and, uh, you know, the, the kind of response that we got from the legislators in terms of uh, what they were learning, how they were picking up, the kind of teamwork, the kind of you know networking that was happening while they were in a workshop mode was uh, just commendable and the the kind of support the fellows have been giving them yes i think uh, they've been appreciating it 
uh, but I'm sure you can reflect a little more on that because uh, I remember the budget session and, you know, the kind of economic analysis that was being done uh, with the fellows and the economists here. I think all of that uh, helped the state. It has helped tremendously. But at the same time, it was the first step. And we had a lot of teething problems. Yeah. Now, one of the things is that uh, we have 60 legislators and we had only 12 fellows, oh, yeah. which meant that we had to put one fellow to five legislators. And the uh, arrangement was made in a random manner that one, one fellow was getting legislators both from the ruling as well as the opposition side. Okay, so this created a bit of a mistrust amongst the legislators. Whether whatever I'm telling this fellow, that the fellow, he may be telling it to the other fellow from the other side. Yeah. So that mistrust was there. Okay, so that was an issue which I think we, we, we will be dealing on later on. Another thing was the kind of aspirations. We did not uh, factor that in because we had went straight to the emirates and tried to help them at this level. But I think now that the current set of uh, legislators are, is over, we'll be getting the new set in a couple of months, that with the new set of people, we, we should right from the beginning map the aspirations of people and map the aspirations of the legislators and see whether these two match. Yes. So these two match. Otherwise, our people want something else, the legislator wants something else. And we are here in the center trying to do something else, which, which again creates a, a, a very confusing scenario. So that is one way. And sometimes I think our, our, uh, the kind of work that we have been doing is very appreciative by the by the legislators and especially by the fellows and because they are able to go and have access to every department's uh, information they could collect that which is not easily available for anyone else because they belong to a society within the government we are able to have access to that kind of a data and this numbers crunching this data crunching done by these uh, fellows has been able to give a very clear picture of the scenario but all this is fine but when we look at the state of Meghalaya in the last 50 years, yeah. we feel that as, as residents of Meghalaya who have grown up there, studied there, worked there, you know, help everyone there, we've seen that there has been a lot of growth. We have developed tremendously compared with other states. But then when it comes to data and, and, and reports, surveys, we, we still tend to lag at the bottom of the pile. Yeah. For no reason, we are still not aware about that. So one way I'm looking at this is how do we harness the talent, the energy of these young uh, fellows to work closely with the legislators so that each of the SDG goals, each of these parameters that are being used for the survey, for, for ranking the states, is addressed locally at the constituency level, at every level. So that it's not that the government has to take care because if sometimes there's always an accusation that if the government takes care, it'll take care only of the constituency where it has its own representative. So if you're looking at this in a non-biased way, every MLA will be interested in developing his own constituency. True. So if our fellows work closely with the legislator, develop their own constituency in their, in their own ideal, uh, ideal way, I'm sure the entire growth of the state will grow up equally all over the state. So this is one of the ways by which I feel that our experiment with this MLRF could help in the long run. Yeah.
completely agree completely agree and thanks a lot for very candidly you know bringing out the challenges because nowadays a lot of states a lot of other states you would see are coming up with the similar kind of programs uh, legislative fellowships governance fellowships policy fellowships but uh, the learnings from states that have already implemented these programs are going to help the others in designing these programs even better and as you said the most important thing is to go and see what people require not just what is being delivered by institutions and i think that is a big policy gap that is existing for ages now and we need to address it yeah we need to address because see as i mentioned earlier like our our legislators the people who become legislators they come from such a diverse background that their idea of legislation their idea of policy making may be totally different from each other there are 60 of them they'll have totally 60 divergent views on each of this so as uh, fellows who want to bring them together, perhaps we should do the uh, aspiration mapping, come up with a basket of choices, present it to the honorable uh, legislators, let them select from there which are the aspirations, which are the goals, which are the programs that they feel is most importantly for their area and which they feel they can also deliver. So I think if we do that, perhaps we'll be heading in, all of us will be heading at least in one direction. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. So, it's a privilege having you here at ISB and wonderful talking to you, Mr. Ivan. And we look forward to this continued relationship with the state of Meghalaya and we hope, uh, you know, Meghalaya develops the way it is uh, doing right now and even leaps and bounds in the times to come. Thank, Thank you so much you. once Thank again. You. Thank you. Thank you.